Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Uh, We're in a sermon series titled God Given, and the intent of this series is to learn uh, about different blessings that God has given us. Oh, I forgot to dismiss Echo J. High. Is Echo J. High? Are they dismissed? Okay, dismissed. Thank you. Too many things on my plate today. Um, Over the last couple Sundays, I shared about holiness and I shared about identity and how holiness is really a blessing from God. How our identity is really given to us through Jesus Christ. Holiness is too, but identity, we're a child of God when we choose to follow Jesus. Amen? And, and there, we have those things that are God-given to each and every one of us. And the preface of this series, and I want, I'm going to hit this every week of this series, is to remember that God is good. Say it with me. God is good. And the devil is bad. I know that seems really simple, but it is really simple. Jesus says in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come to give life and give it abundantly. Today I want to talk about an interesting concept called time. Time. It's a subject that is different from the two previous subjects that we discussed in this series. I think when we think about holiness, I think when we think about identity, uh, each one of us can think of how the culture and how society is really trying to steal away our holiness, is trying to steal away our identity, but why, Pastor Tom, are you talking about time today? How is time relevant to this sermon series? See, the first thing I think we've got to understand and discover is that time is God-given. Time is a gift from God. I, we all have the same amount of time in the sense of we all have 60 minutes an hour. We all have 24 hours in a day. It's God-given. We don't always have the same amount of time on this earth. Our time can vary in that sense. Some have a very short period of time. Some have a very long period of time. Grace, a great person that we loved here at the church, she passed away just recently, uh, five days away from her 100th birthday. She had a lot of time on this earth. But I believe time is a gift given to us by God, and I believe the devil wants to, to distract us from the time that we have been given on this earth. He wants to distract us And I want you to catch this. He wants to distract us with the things of his kingdom instead of the things of God's kingdom. He wants us to focus on the things that are just about this world. Where Jesus wants us to focus on the things that are not of this world, but guess what? Of a heavenly kingdom. The Apostle Paul writes these words in Romans 14, 17. He says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink. But of living life, living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. There's nothing wrong with food or drink. I am grateful for food and drink. We, we need it in these physical bodies for survival. But many times what happens in our life, we will put more focus on what we're going to eat today or where we're going to go dine out today than the focus of, on, re, on realizing the focus on how do we glorify God today. We, I, I, sometimes, you know, we get hungry during church. Man, no, you start thinking. 
When you start thinking about, man, well, I can't wait till we get after church. And the pastor tells me to hurry up and cut it because I'm hungry. And, we got, and that's why fasting is so good in our life at times. Because what it does, it puts down these things of, that are natural. And all of a sudden, we can start stepping into the supernatural. See, so many times we put the, our focus on the natural where God says, you know what? It's not about this earth. It's about my heavenly kingdom. It's about the spirit of living but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That sounds like the fullness of God. The enemy wants to distract us so that our time here on earth is to glorify his kingdom instead of glorifying God's kingdom. As I share this message, I want you to think about the following thought, and you can write this down. But this is kind of a thought that I want to permeate throughout this message. Our time is a measurement of our priorities. Our time is a measurement of our priorities. Let's begin with this, discussing the topic of time with a couple of questions. Where does time come from? And how do we, someone already stole the message, and how do we keep track of time? I'm just teasing. I'm glad you guys know time comes from God. Where does time come from, and how do we keep track of time? From ancient times, we know time was recorded by using Sunlight is called a sundial, where all of a sudden the shadow would, would cast on that sundial, and you could read the shadow, and you know what time it was during the day. Ancient times, they used stars not only to navigate, but they actually used stars at night so that you could tell time. There was many different ways. They used to have a thing called a, a water clock that they could, they could keep track of time, and, and, a, and a sand clock or an hourglass that they would use to keep track of time. All these instruments were used for that purpose. But this still doesn't answer our first question I asked, where does time come from? And someone always shared, it comes from God, and that is true. From Scripture, time comes from God's creation. It occurred on the very first day of creation. If you look, turn in your Bibles in Genesis chapter 1, you will see that. Verses 3 through 5, it says, Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated light from the darkness. And then God called the light day, and, or the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. As you see in the scripture, one of the purposes of light and darkness was for the measurement of time. Light distinguished the day, darkness distinguished the night. From this thought, it appears to me that God wants us to kind of keep track of time. God even gives us an example of measurement by giving us a timeline of creation on each and every single day. On the first day, God created the heavens and the earth. I don't know, on the fifth day, I think he created the animals. On the sixth day, he created human beings. He marked each day and the accomplishments of each day. Measure of time. Even though God transcends time, because the Bible says there is no beginning, there is no end. God is eternal. So he is not limited by time in the way we are. I believe that God has given us time for a purpose. An instrument by which we measure our life here on this earth. God doesn't want us, and I want you to think about this thought, God doesn't want us to waste our time here on this earth. God created us so we can experience his glory and in, re and in return give him praise and share his glory to others. In Psalms chapter 90, it's the only Psalms 
that was written by Moses. Did you know that Moses wrote a psalm? He did. I know most of us just think that the psalms are all written by David, but they're written by many. But David wrote majority of them. But Moses wrote this one psalm. And I want to read verse 12 of Psalms chapter 90 where it says, Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. See, Moses realized how short life really is. And you guys, the older you get, the more you relate to Moses, right? The older you get, the more you relate how short life, it just seemed like yesterday, babe, we were standing on the platform in Marysville, Washington, dedicating our three kids. And today, now, we're dedicating my grandson. What happened? Life goes by so quickly. See, Moses shares this passage of Scripture, and I encourage you to read the entire chapter of of Psalms chapter 90, and you really soon discover that Moses sees that time has been wasted. How over and over again God corrected the children of Israel for their sins of disobedience. Think about it. When Moses left Egypt, when he was set free, when, when, he, when God used him to set free the children of Israel out of bondage of Egypt, and they cut through the Red Sea, and they went into the desert, and they were heading to the promised land, a journey that should have, take, should, should have taken 11 days took 40 years. A journey that should have been 11 days took 40 years. They wandered through the desert because of fear and unbelief. Do you remember they sent the spies in and they were going to go and spy and, and Joshua and Caleb were two of the spies and they went in there and Joshua and Caleb came back, we can do this. And the other 10 spies, no, 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 it's too, it's too great of a task, we can't do this. And they pulled back and they didn't enter into the promised land they spent 40 years wandering. They wandered because of fear and unbelief. And the question that we should ask all of ourselves is, how long am I willing to wander through life? How long am I willing to allow fear and unbelief to distract me from the things that God has planned and designed for my life? How long am I going to allow the devil to distract me from the fullness of God, from the things that God wants me to step into by faith and truly believe and say, yeah, Lord, I'm ready to follow you. Yes, Lord, I'm ready to do everything possible to glorify you. How long? Boy, this place got quieter than non-holiness and non-identity. My goodness. I guess time is a touchy subject. I didn't realize that. Remember what what Jesus said in John 10.10? Jesus states that he came to give us an abundant life. I'm tired of letting the devil steal my abundance. I don't want to let the enemy to take away my joy. I don't want to let the enemy anymore to take away the things that God has put in front of me and I step back in fear instead of stepping it forward in faith. I want to step out in faith and put my trust in Jesus. Amen. Moses' words in Psalm 90 are agonizing. They're heartbreaking when you begin to understand the cost of their disobedience. From all the original adults, the Israelites who were adults that left Egypt and went into the desert and they were heading to the promised land. Do you realize that all the adult Israelites, 
Not a single one of them besides Joshua and Caleb entered into the promised land. Not even Moses. They all died in the desert. Only their children and their grandchildren and maybe their great-grandchildren were the ones that actually entered into the promised land. I believe so many times we kind of have a tendency to make similar mistakes today. We have a tendency for some people, they accept Jesus as their Savior and they find the forgiveness of their sins, but they never fully enter into the abundance of life that Jesus desires for us. Do you know God wants you to live in abundance? Say that word with me, abundance. He doesn't want you to live in scarcity of not having, and when I'm saying this, I'm not talking about physical abundance so much. Not that God can't bless you with that as well. But I'm talking about spiritual abundance, joy and love and happiness and goodness. God wants you to live in abundance. And I feel so many people allow fear to lead their life instead of choosing to step out in faith. Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is is the beginning of wisdom. Say that with me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Say it one more time. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's not the fear of people. It is not the fear of society that is the beginning of wisdom. It is the fear of the Lord. And when we talk about fear, that, that, that word there is in the Hebrew is talking about reverence. It's talking about awe. It's talking about the understanding that how great God is. And under his greatness, guess what? I want to give glory to him and I want to follow him in everything that I do because of his greatness. Wisdom is understanding that our God-given purpose is to discover God's love and truth and in return glorify God by sharing God's love and truth to others. That is growing in wisdom. In the book of James, it states these words, James 3.17, it says, But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism, and it is always sincere. The fullness of God is understanding God's truth and being filled, filled with his presence. That's the fullness of God is walking in his presence. It's living day by day by the power of his spirit. The words that Moses shared in Psalms 90 verse 12 should ring so true to our heart. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Jesus states clearly in the New Testament that we shouldn't worry about time, right? Why are you, he, he talks about that in, 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 the, in the New Testament. He talks about why should, you, why should you worry about time? In the Sermon on the Mount, why should you worry about time? If God, guess what? If God takes care of the birds of the air, if he clothes the lilies of the field, why do you have to worry about? And sometimes I think we take that scripture and we go, oh, let's just live life. Let's just be happy. But this doesn't mean we shouldn't be concerned about how we use our time. He tells us, I want you to catch this because I think some of us get confused. He tells us not to worry about tomorrow because you have no control over tomorrow. And you don't. But he doesn't tell us yet, don't be concerned about how you use your time for today. 
If you read throughout Scripture, if you read the parables, guess what? They're all talking about how are you using your resources? How are you using your time? How are you investing in the kingdom of God? It's very important how we use our time. Jesus said these words, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. See, our time is a measurement of our priorities. How are your priorities today? Jesus wants us to prioritize our time towards what is important. It's not about how much time we have. It's about the usage of our time. In fact, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has its own worries. It brings its own worries. Don't worry about it tomorrow. Why worry about something you don't have control over, but you're concerned about the time for today? God has given all of us a measure of time. We don't know the full measure of our time. We know that one day we'll spend all of eternity with God, if you're a follower of Christ. But our time here on earth, guess what? As Moses said, it's brief. Let's use it to glorify God. In that thought, I want to leave you with three very quick practical ideas on how God, how, and how we can glorify God through our time. And this is, it's so important that we identify what's important. What is really important? It's not the new truck, okay? It's not that important. It's not the big house. No, it's not that important. As I shared earlier, Jesus said the, this, these words in Matthew 6, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. Our relationship God, with God is the number one priority in our life. If you need to help prioritize in your life, let me share this. Number one, God. Say it. Number one, God. Write it down. It's the number one priority in your life. Make God first. And then what happens is God says, I'll take care of the rest of it. And he doesn't take care of it in the, in the way you might desire. He takes care of it in the way that he knows is best for you. Come on, somebody. I probably don't need that new truck, okay? It's okay. I probably don't need that big. You know what? God knows what I need. So the question is, what priority of time are you giving to God? Are you giving God your last or are you giving God your first? It's important we, we give God our best. The second priority that we, should, that we should be concerned about is our relationship with our family. Man, this, what we did this morning was so cool to see. The dedication of children, to see moms and dads that are putting their families first, bringing them to church. Paul writes to Timothy these words, But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for the members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. 1 Timothy 5.8 We have a responsibility to provide for our families. Guess what? To provide for your families requires time. Time at work. Time reading God's word. Time, time spending just having fun and playing with the kids. It requires time. Time of giving of yourself. Our families should be the second most priority, most important priority in our life. Our families shouldn't receive the worst of us. Our families should see the, receive the best. Your priority for your family will be measured by the time that you invest. Are you giving of your time? Or are you using excuses to do other things so you don't have to be at home? Man, it's so, no, no. Put your time in what is important. Throughout the Bible, God puts priority on family. The Bible states children are a heritage from the Lord. The Bible states honor your father and mother. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. 
Throughout the Bible, you will see this common thread that family is important to God. And it's hard to accomplish this purpose that God has for family without investing some time into it. I've, I've met a couple people who have actually said no to career changes that were going to create a lot more finances. But they said no to it because they recognized that it would steal away so much time from their family. I respect that decision. I really, you see, your children don't need a brand new car. Your children don't necessarily need an Ivy League education. Your children don't need the latest iPhones or the newest designer clothes. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. They might say that they need them, but the truth is they need you. If those things steal you away from spending time with your family, they need less of those things and they need more of you. Because you are the ones that are going to guide them into, into God's love, into God's, into God's goodness. They're going to follow the example of mom and dad. There have been so many people that have asked me, man, Pastor Tom, how did you get, have three kids? They're all serving the Lord. You know, it was really hard. We just took them to church, Pastor Leo. Novel idea. We, now, in Vegas, we did have five services on a weekend, and they went to all five services. True story. They didn't have a choice. Evan was working media. Brett was playing keyboards. They didn't have a choice. They had to go be at church. But you know what happens? All of a sudden, there's a love for church, not a hate for church. All of a sudden, there's a new love for God, not a hate for God. All of a sudden, there's a new love that is instilled. But if you don't ever spend time with God, how are you going to learn to love God? That's really good. If I don't say so myself. And you know what? There would be a lot less divorce in our society if we learned how to put priority of time in our marriage. And there's nothing greater you can do for your children. Another priority is our relationship with others. Jesus said in Matthew 5 that as Christians and followers of Jesus, we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. We are called to make a difference. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Not to, not to just some, but to everyone. And this should be a priority in our life. Are we using our time to make a difference in the lives of others? And I know it's a challenge at times. I get it. But it's what God has called us to do. Let's make the most of our, say it with me, time. We have been given this one allotment. Let's use it. Let's use it in a way that goes beyond our lifetime. Let's invest in the lives of others. Let's create as a church, let's create an environment to see what God can do through people. We should store up treasures that be, go beyond our life. Not earthly treasures, spiritual treasures that come from sacrifice. What is God calling you to sacrifice through faith? You know, recently I took an assessment in my investment portfolio. Your pastor's going to be preaching here until he's 90, so just be ready for that. But you know what's more important is to take an assessment of your spiritual portfolio. What investments are you making spiritually in your own life, in your family's life, and to the families of others that's making a difference? Amen? 
Are you investing wisely? Jesus said in Matthew 6, 19 through 21, don't store up for yourselves treasures here on earth where moth and eat and eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Once again, time is a measurement of our priorities. And I close with this final thought. Our time here is limited on earth. But you know, anything that is limited is usually valuable. You know, a rare coin, it's limited. It's very, very valuable. See, time, because it's so limited, I would say the older you get, the more valuable you recognize it is. That it's a valuable commodity in our life. The lie of the enemy is for young people to think they have all the time in the world. So why worry about doing something today when I can do it tomorrow? I have all the time in the world. I'm young. The other lie of the, of the enemy is for older people who think that their time is very short. So why should I start something now if I don't have time to finish it? For the last 20 years, my mom, when I call her, I try to call her at least once or twice a week. And I will call her. And probably for the last 20 years, she has told me this joke. You know, she says, you know, I don't even buy green bananas. Anybody? No one got that joke. I don't mean buy green bananas. Meaning that you never know if she's going to have enough time for them to ripen up. Okay? Do you, just trying to help that joke go along. But she's been telling me that joke for 20 years. Guess what? She's still here. You see, sometimes the lie of the enemy wants to make us think that time is short. Sometimes the lie of the enemy is to want to think that you have all the time in the world. Live the time that is given to you today to glorify God. Use it for his glory. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. Jesus desires that you start living an abundant life no matter your age. You can get started today. It's never too early and it's never too late. There's a woman named Grandma Moses who took up painting at the age of 76 and she became a legendary American folk artist. And she continued to paint even into her late 90s. Guess what? It's not too late for you. Joan of Arc was 17 years old when she rode off into battle leading the French Relief Army, eventually being recognized as the savior of France. At age 17, you're not too young. I saw Ruth Evers here today. Ruth Evers. Will you and your husband stand up? Just for, I know, just stand up. Pastor Tom, why are you asking us to stand up? Every year, Ruth would take boxes of eggs to her house. And when she would take those eggs, Ruth, come on, you know what you're... And she would stuff those eggs for a big Easter egg hunt down in the city of San Juan. They would buy all the candy, bags and bags and bags and bags and bags of candy. They would do 2,000. Every box was 2,000. They'd get one box. They'd come back get a second box. All of a sudden, they have a third I'm going, how are you guys? We love doing this. Guess what? You're never too late to make a difference in the kingdom of God. God can use you. So many times, Keith, I'm sorry, I'm just 
Stand up. I don't care if you're shaking your head no. Stand up, Keith. Keith has been serving in the prison ministries for years. He has a heart for prison ministry because he was almost there. You got to hear his testimony at some point. But he leads, leads a ministry that where we write to, to, to men and women who are in prison and they are able to take these, take, study God's word and take tests and learn God's word. And he's the leader of that. He needs help. You need to go talk to Keith. Look for the guy in the white hair with white beard. I know, yeah. The surfer dude right there. He needs help. Guess why? Because there's people that need Jesus. See, it's never too late and it's never too early to make the most use of your time. Lord, we thank you for you today. And I pray today, God, that you would use each and every one of us to make a difference in eternity. Lord, use us in a way that will change lives. Let us not waste our time that we have been given here on this earth. But God, I pray today that you would allow us to use that time in greater ways than before. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.